morning, everybody. Welcome to Metro Praise. At this time, we like to call on men and women of God to come up and testify about what God is doing in their life through their ministry. And today we have chosen Diana de Guzman to come on up and just testify about what God is doing in the city and in her life. She's one of our Bible college students for SUM. She's getting her master's degree. So we just want to you know, join with her and just praise God for what he's doing in her life. Amen. If you guys can all stand up to your feet with us this morning as we get ready to praise the Lord with her together. Hallelujah. How many know God is good? Amen. God is good all the time. I just want to share with you guys this morning how much God loves us and how he goes after us. God is a God who pursues you, who desires you. God had put on my heart to share the gospel every time I go in, in and out of these doors every time and so there was this woman I talked I talked to talked to her about Jesus with her with her uh, daughter and then I saw her again at the same bus stop I talked to her again about Jesus God loves you come to church here's my number and God was really pursuing her I mean two times the same woman then uh, with the evangelism team every Saturday night we go out one Saturday we went out to the hip mall Harlem and Irving right after a, a conversation a good sister, Ashley, came up before I could even look at the girl. She just ran up to this girl and said, God is chasing you. She said, God is chasing you. She said, she said I could see you in the future. God is going to do amazing things, but he's chasing you. Before I could even look at her, before I could get a word out, that girl pointed at me. I know she's been talking to me. And so it just shows God is pursuing. God is moving. And the grace of God is sufficient. Amen. If you guys are dry this morning, you're feeling weary. Dude, God is pursuing you too. God has refreshing things he wants to do in your life. But it's time to receive. It's time to receive. So I'm just going to pray for you guys as we worship him. Hallelujah, God. We lift your name up, God. You are good, God. God, who can love us like you can, oh God? You love us so much, God. You move your spirit, oh God. And we honor you this morning in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise in this place? Come on. Come on, help me sing this new song. From the highest stone to the earth below. You lay down your life for the likes of us. Great is the love of a Savior. From a wounded heart to a life made whole, every human heart will declare as one. Great is the love of a Savior. Lord of endless life. Let your glory shine forever. Draw the earth, draw the earth. We'll sing your praise. We'll sing from the from the rising sun to the still of night. Every waking moment for your delight. Jesus, we live for your glory. From mountain heights, from the mountain heights to the valley low, all created things get the light to show. 
Jesus, we live for your glory. Come on, sing, Lord. Lord of endless life, let your glory shine forever. Toward the earth, all the earth, we'll sing your praise. Hope of every heart, let your name be lifted higher. Toward our hearts, toward our hearts, we'll sing your praise. Go we'll sing, God be exalted. God be exalted, God be exalted. In everything, yes, we live for your glory, live for your glory. Who oh, sing God? God be exalted, come lift your voice. In everything, yes, we live for your glory. Oh, God be exalted, who oh, sing? praise in this place. Come on. All across this place. He's so worthy, man. This entire month, we've been having a sermon series, just hashtag preach. And, and the whole purpose is to challenge us as people to go out there and to share our faith, to talk about Jesus Christ, to be deliberate and intentional, whether you're at a coffee shop, whether you're at work. Hey, let me tell you about Jesus. Oh, hey, you know what? Uh, um, manager, you know, and just go out there and see what God would do using you. 
Man, and, and some of the testimonies that have been coming forth have really been encouraging. And I just want to encourage you that, man, even though we're going to be wrapping up that sermon series here today, that Jesus is always the center of it all. Amen. Amen. Like in your family and our worship and all that we do, Jesus is the center of it. And this next song talks about just that, Jesus being the cornerstone. And without Jesus, everything else falls apart. Your family, your job, I mean, it's, it's all meaningless at, at the end. And, and the question is, you're asking yourself, are you living fully for Jesus? Right now, let's just close our eyes and, and just with our hearts, just say, God, you can search my heart this morning. And God, I just don't want to be full of, you know, God, having my mind and and, and plan set on other things. Like, you, you can't be waiting just to, uh, to be excited. Um, Lord, what I'm trying to say is right now, I just want you guys to just focus in on what Jesus is doing. What is he saying to you here this morning? As we sing this next song, some of you guys will follow along on the screen. Let it be more than just words, amen. But let it be your cry of saying, God, I want you to do this every single day, of every moment.
When he shall come with trumpet sound. Come on, every voice, just sing this out. Dressed in his righteousness. Dressed in his righteousness alone. Come on, let's sing it again. When he shall come. When he shall come with trumpet sound. Oh, may I bear. altars in just a moment and, and this is what we're praying for specifically and I want you to come on up here everyone across the place how many of you want to be refreshed by Jesus this morning I'll, I'll tell you what having a month when you're going out and you're specifically being stretched to share your faith man I don't know about you but people have rejected the gospel this month alone hey do you want to come out to church no thanks, man. I'm don't really. I'm not into that kind of stuff. And sometimes that can hit close to home because the people that you're inviting may be family, friends, people that you really love, and man, I really want to see them coming to church and knowing Christ. And man, that just takes a toll. You may get discouraged, or maybe this month you've just been going through a lot of things within your family, at job. How many of you guys want to be refreshed by Jesus? Because I'll tell you what, even though. Your friends and your coworkers, even though people, even though life may seem to throw you down, reject you, he'll never reject you. I'll never push you away. You're having a bad day, I won't push you away. So right now, with all eyes closed in this place, come on. God, we know that you're in this place and you're in the business of redeeming. You're in the business of refreshing your people. Come on. 
He's such a good God right now. Just believe it. He is such a good God. Jesus. Father, we pray for every heart here. Come on, if you're wanting and needing to be refreshed by the Lord, just take a step of faith with me this morning. Come on, just come up to the front, wherever you're at. Just come on. Come on up. Come on. And I just need the Lord just to touch me. All across this place. Come on. So fire, Lord. Oh, you're a burning fire. It's your burning fire. Come on, if you're here at the front, just begin to pray and say, Lord, would you burn like a fire in me? Come on, that's what you need. The fire of the Lord to refresh you this morning. Come on, his love, his goodness. Let it burn away the dross. Let it burn away everything else. Burn like a fire in me. Come on, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, come on, just start speaking in tongues. If you're not, we pray right now, Lord, that you would fill every person with the power of your Holy Spirit. Come on, refreshing, refreshing waters, waters, living waters flowing through. Jesus, I'm laying down my life I'm giving up control I'm never looking back Yes, I surrender all I'm living for your glory On the earth passion There's passion in my heart, a stirring in my soul. I see the nations bow for all the world to know. I'm living for your glory on the earth. And for the sake. For the sake of the world, burn like a fire in me, light a flame in my soul, for every eye to see. For the sake of the world, burn like a fire in me. We're singing again for the sake of the For the sake of the world, burn like a fire in me, light a flame in my soul, for every eye to see. For the sake of the world, burn like a fire in me. Come on, sing it again, this passion in my heart. It's passion in my heart, it's stirring in my soul. 
of your Holy Spirit power upon every person right now in Jesus name Father empower your church empower your people right now come on receive it in this place It's this fire that's burning away every impurity in your heart. You feel those, those wretched negative thoughts just fleeing now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. There's freedom right here. There's freedom right here. I feel that there's people getting delivered right now of just things from your past. 
Let's go ahead and sing that a couple more times. We're going to encourage our brothers and sisters by reaching out to Jesus together. a word in your heart go ahead and share that word we're a church that believes in spiritual gifts we believe that God speaks to his people so go ahead
us, Lord. We receive those words. Let's just lift our hands around this place to the Lord. Let's just receive those words today. If those words apply to you, just come to God. You are not disgusting to God. Listen to the word of the Lord. He receives you. Yes, Lord. Thank you, God. We receive that word. We thank you, God, for your love. We thank you, Lord, for your love. How you, how you think about us more than we could ever think about you, God. That your thoughts are as numerous as the grains of sand on the shore. We can't even count them, God, and we can't even comprehend that love, Lord. We thank you, Lord God. We worship you, God. children are dismissed you could go ahead and follow the children's ministry in this direction children are dismissed I just want to welcome you to Metro Praise International Church my name is Vanessa Vitali I'm a pastoral elder here at Metro Praise with my husband Christopher Vitali and we are uh, the pastoral elders over at the Encounter Night Life group that meets every Sunday at 5 p.m. And I just want to preach the gospel to you today because every Sunday and every day is a perfect day to preach the gospel. If you all would turn to me, to, turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 3. Verses 8 and 9. If you don't have your Bibles, it's up here on the screen. But it's always good to practice looking through your Bible. When you're there, say amen. Amen. 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 through 9. Verse 8 states, But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord... A day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. 
You know, the Lord pushed these verses on my heart because I feel like God's saying to those in here who don't know him or have strayed away from him that the reason why the world hasn't ended just yet is because he was waiting just for you and for all of your friends and family who have not come to a knowledge of Jesus or have not humbled themselves to know Jesus. Right now, your world is hanging by the thread of God's mercy. Right now, his mercy is being poured out on you. He's being patient with you and giving you the opportunity to make it right with him today and accept Jesus as your savior and lay aside all hindrances, lay aside all the things that are not worth your time in this world. Now, for those of you who've never heard the gospel, the gospel is this, that God's own son, Jesus Christ, came down on the earth in flesh, 100% man and 100% divine, and he died a brutal death on a cross as a sacrifice, an atoning sacrifice for your sins because his sinless life is what was needed to wash away your sins in your life, in all of our lives, in every life. We cannot do it on our own, and that's why Jesus came. He sacrificed it all for you. Would you give it to him today? Would you give him your life? Right now, we're going to go ahead and pray, but would you all stand with me to your feet? I want you all to be aware that Ishmael and Leilani are standing right here where I'm pointing. And they're going to be here during the fellowship video. And they're going to be there to pray for you if you want to accept Jesus or if you want to get right with God before the preaching comes forth. Amen? Right now, let's just pray. You could close your eyes. Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for every person in this room, every precious soul, God. You care about them, God. You care about every single one of us. And Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for having mercy on us, even though there may have been times in our life or even today where we turned our back on you time and time again, where we turned down offers to get right, Lord God. But today, we come to you, God, we ask you, Lord, for our friends, God, to also come to this knowledge of your mercy, of your grace, Lord, before the end of the world, God. Lord, you have held off the end of the world for us today, for those of us in this place who don't know you and who are, are getting to know you right now. We thank you for that, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And right now, we're going to recite our confession of faith as a church. We recite this confession of faith because it is our Christian worldview. We don't ever want somebody leaving this place not knowing what we believe as a church. This is what we believe here. And if you believe it, you can recite it with us. But if there's anybody in this place who cannot see and you would like a paper copy or you just want one for your own records, you can wave, wave your hand vigorously so an usher could hand you one. 
Okay? Amen? On the count of three, let's recite this together. One, two, three. I believe in one God and creator who is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Father who so loved the world, the Son who purchased my salvation in his death, burial, and resurrection, and the Holy Spirit who makes me new and abides in me forever. I believe in the perfect Holy Bible that reveals God's purposes and plans for my life. I believe in the second coming of Jesus who will judge the living and the dead. I believe in the eternal reward of believers in Jesus and the eternal punishment for all unbelievers in Jesus. I believe in the united church of Jesus Christ built upon apostles and prophets, elders and deacons in which the gates of hell shall not prevail. I believe in the salvation for all mankind. It is by faith alone, in Christ alone, by God's grace alone, and for the glory of God alone. Amen. Go ahead and greet your neighbors or receive prayer with Ish and Leilani. Go ahead. You have five to ten minutes.
to be in the house of God this morning. Make some noise. Amen. Welcome to Metro Praise International. For those that don't know who I am, my name is Nancy Wyrostek. I'm one of the apostolic elders here, and we are so excited about what God is doing and for you joining us this morning. We have services here at MPI every Sunday at 10 o'clock in the morning, so please keep on coming. Get a part of what God is doing in the city. And Fridays, we have our youth group at 7 p.m. Elevate. Come on, they're just going all out for Jesus, preaching the gospel to the high schools, winning their friends to the Lord. They're blowing it up. No, if you know any teenagers, bring them on by. They're doing a great job here with the team with Pastor Adam. They're just having a blast for Jesus. Amen. Our vision here is very simple. It's the two greatest commandments Jesus gave to us. It's loving God and loving people. And we want to teach that to everybody that comes through these doors. We want to love God with everything inside of us and love our neighbor as ourselves. And if this is your first time, we welcome you. Thank you for being here. And our heart and our encouragement and prayer for you is to come and get plugged in to what God is doing. If you belong somewhere else, you can stay there. If God is calling you here, then come and get plugged in to what God is doing because God is doing awesome things in this ministry and throughout the world. Amen. Our discipleship strategy is threefold. We have three parts to it. It's connect, mentor, and send. When we say connect, we want to connect you to the cross. And the way we connect here at Metro Praise International is through our life groups. And some are weekly, some are once a month, some are every other week. And just the schedule for this week, if you have handouts, turn them around, and we have a schedule there. That's the new schedule. But just to kind of give you a clearer perspective of what happens on a week-to-week -week schedule, we would like to show this to you. So today, tonight, we have our Encounter uh, Prayer Night Life Group, any age, 5 p.m., come get more of Jesus. Then we have Sunday, today, single moms are meeting, see Lauren, and I believe that's 5 p.m. as well. So two life groups happening just for today, okay? God is doing awesome things. Wednesday, it's King's Kids Life Group, 6.30. If you have children from the ages of newborn to up to high school, bring them on by. You don't have to stay. Go on a date night with your husband. Let the kids come and enjoy themselves and learn about Jesus. That's every single Wednesday. And then Friday, our, life, our adult life group for a Bible study at Pastor Griselda and Berto's house. They're rocking it out. God is moving in their midst at 7 p.m. every Friday. And uh, Saturday, our evangelism life group. So find one to belong to. Just this week, that's what's happening. So you can never say, I'm bored. Look to your neighbor say, I am never bored. In Jesus' name. There is so much to do for God and his kingdom. And at this time, we want to call up forth all the life group leaders. Give it up as they come up. And Adam, Pastor Adam, is going to announce our new schedule. Amen. Amen. As the life group leaders coming up, let's give them a hand. Come on. These are our pastors and our leaders. They do so much behind the scenes, and we're so thankful for all that they do. Really quickly, as they're making their way up here, I just want to make you guys aware of life groups that we have. There's a life group for you out there, okay? And the reason why we have life group, we believe in sharing life together, amen? That's so important that we just can't meet on a Sunday, but then we go out and we live it and we encourage each other, we challenge each other, and at the same time, we have a fun time doing it. So whatever you're looking for, a mini ministry-based life group, we're saying, man, I need
need more of the Bible during the week. Man, my devotion life. I need someone to encourage me. I need someone to, to just, you know, get into the Word and God do some great things. We have ministry-based life groups for you. You know, we're going to get into that just a little bit. Special needs. Man, you're saying, man, I'm a single mother. There's some things going on. It's not the same. Like, you know, we have a life group just for you, an activity-based. If you're saying, I just want to have some fun. Hey, we got something for you, okay? So we're going to go down the road. We're going to start with Christina here. And just go ahead and share a little bit about the life group, um, when you're meeting, and you can pass it on. All right, everyone. My name is Christina. I'm a youth leader at Elevate. And we meet every Friday at uh, 7 o'clock. But every, we have life groups once a month. And we are activity-based, as it says up here. We are Elevate Hang Time. We meet every third Saturday of the month. So in October, it's October 19th, we'll be meeting here at the church at 2 o'clock. We're going to be going out to a corn maze. We're taking all the kids out. We're going all out. We're going to have a great time. Do those fun little things, those little fall, autumn, fun, good time, goodness. It's going to be a great, 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 great time. Any other information that you need, we have a life group page for specifically for Elevate. So if you have any questions about that, come ask myself or Pastor Adam. We'd love to help you, give you the details on that. But otherwise, the third Saturday of every month, here at the church, 2 o'clock on the 19th. Uh, my name is uh, Pastor Jared. I lead up the sidewalk counseling. And for those of you who don't know, that is ministering outside of the abortion clinic down at Cicero and Elston. We've been doing it for one year now. God just put a, a, a desire in my heart to reach out to those sort of people. And that fire has not diminished. I wake up thinking about it. I go to sleep thinking about it. Listen, guys. We cannot do enough about abortion. Abortion is a holocaust in our nation. It's 3,500 children a day slaughtered, 1.5 million a year. It's government sanctioned and government supported and it's well marketed, more than that. So we have a holocaust on our hands and we have a responsibility as a church to do something about it. We meet every second and fourth Saturday here at 9 a.m. We have a little team powwow and prayer. And we go right out to the mill. We have a two-fold approach. Number one, we preach, amen? We don't protest, we don't pray the rosary, we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, we preach it to the, to the families going in there, we preach it to the employees. So we want to be a witness to them that this is unrighteous, but Jesus saves, amen? And then we want to we wanna get those abortion-minded families, those moms and dads, those type A in the world's eyes for getting abortions, and we want to bring them in the church. We want to love on them. We want to throw them baby showers. We want to help them get to the doctor. We want to help them through pregnancy and parenthood. So we're developing a network. we got a great core of leaders. And uh, if you want to be a core member of the team, you can. If you just want to come any given Saturday, you can. Uh, you're always welcome. But we got to do something about this. Amen? That is good. My name is Deanna. I lead the Evangelism Life Group every Saturday at 5 p.m. We meet right here. When we get here, we go out to different neighborhoods and we preach the gospel. If you just got saved and you're learning about your faith, come out. Learn how to evangelize. Learn how to preach the gospel and see people get saved. And the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. God is saving people. God is changing lives. God will use you to preach the gospel, to preach the truth. Even if no one responds, God is moving on the streets. And so I encourage you, please come out. Encourage the body. And just like in the book of Acts, they would, they would get together, the disciples, and they would go out as one unit. Come, come, and let's go out as one unit and reach Chicago for Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. My name's Ishmael, and I like to party. So look at your neighbors. If you like to party, just tell your neighbor, I like to party too. 
Well, if you'd like to party, if you just said that, well, I'm the party guy here. This is what we're going to do. After you've evangelized and done all that fun stuff, you're coming to my house, all right? And we are, we're going to have a party. So this, this uh, season, we're going to have a season-themed party. So we're going to have a Halloween party at my house. Don't be a religious fogey and stay home that day. Like, oh, I don't have to go out on Halloween night. Come out and be a light to the world, amen? Be a light door-to-door. What other day do we get to go door-to-door? It's okay with it. Everyone's going to be like, oh, someone's at the door. Come door-to-door and, sh- and, sh- and give. So you're not taking. We're giving, amen? And then we're going to have a costume little thing at my house. It's going to be fun and so on. So the, the d- details are right there. If you're not my Facebook friend, you have a problem, and we'll pray for you after service. But if you're not my Facebook friend, I'm going to stand by the, by the front door, and I want you to give me your name, Facebook page, and all that stuff, man, and we're going to plug you in so that you can come to every activity. If you haven't been there, you're spiritually lame, and we don't want spiritually lame people there. Amen? Say, I don't want to be spiritually lame. I want a fellowship. You want a fellowship, so come. All right, amen? So, uh, like I said, uh, <laughs> just forgive me, guys. Like I said, you know, become my Facebook friend. We're going to have uh, themed uh, parties, Christmas, Thanksgiving, all that stuff. We're going to egg people on Halloween. Just in the glory, amen? Amen. Woo, let's clap it up for Israel. <laughs> my name is Vanessa. I'm a pastor here at Metro Praise. And I lead up the Encounter Night Life group every Sunday at 5 p.m. We get engulfed in the presence of God. So if you need more of Jesus, you want to get deeper in prayer, you want to get closer to the people here in this church, then I encourage you to come on by every Sunday at 5 p.m. Amen. Amen. Hello. I'm Pastor Berto. This is my wife, Priscilla. We lead the uh, Friday night. Every single Friday we have the MPI Adult Bible Study. So everybody's welcome. Amen. This is where we study the Word of God and fellowship among believers. And let me tell you what the Word says, that the Word of God is like a double-edged sword. It penetrates through the heart and soul of a man. It's alive and effective. Amen. God, 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 wants, God wants this church, God wants his people to be a people that will, that will release faith when they speak. Amen. He wants to be a people that will have power. Amen. That's why he says that, you know what, my people will be destroyed because of lack of knowledge. Amen. We have to be a people of his word at all times. Like Jesus says, hey, man, man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes by, his, by, by, by the word of God. Amen. So you're welcome to come on by. Amen. All of us, come on. Just have a good time in the word. Let God speak to you through that word. We always have a great time in prayer as well and in, in, uh, in worship. What, honey? Uh, just come on by. And actually the last Friday of the month, we have fellowship as well. And we're going to have a pumpkin-themed party. We go out, we reach the community, so even this month, we have our events planned out, our outreaches. Thanksgiving, we're going to be going out, we're going to pack up with uh, gloves and hats and, and sandwiches, and we're going to go out to, to reach the poor. So yeah, we're getting into Bible study, prayer, and worship, but we're also reaching out in the community with our life. So come join us every Friday at 7 p.m. Hello, everyone. I'm Pastor Sue Ellen, or, pa- or Miss Susie, like the kids know me. But I'd like to tell you about Wednesday night. It's our King's Kids Life Group. And so this is a time where your children get to come, learn about the Word of God, learn about the Holy Spirit, learn about worshiping. And it's all geared towards them on their level so that they can be disciples. Also, we're going out into the community before our life group and getting to know other
Mom. So if you're available and want to join us, please um, check out our life through our Facebook page or talk to me after service to give you more information. Also, um, at the end of every month, every last Wednesday, we have Family Fun Night. So this past week, we just had a luau, and that was a lot of fun for the kids. We did awesome games. This month, for October, we're going to do a backwards night. Okay, so bring your children, drop them off. We start at 6.30, and it goes until 8. But if you need to bring them earlier or come pick them up later, we're here for you. So just talk to us, let us know. Um, you can drop off your kids. You can also stay with them if you'd like. And so, parents, if you've never been here before on a Wednesday night, come by this week, check it out, and your kids are going to have a great time. Amen? My name is Lauren Sienski, and I am a head of the Singles Mom Ministry here, the Life Group. And let me tell you, we have some awesome single moms in this church. We have some on-fire mamas who are loving Jesus and who are empowered to live for him and to tell the world about him. I have been so encouraged to be the leader of this group and just to see these women go from broken to, to filled with the spirit and can't keep the gospel inside of them and everywhere they go, they preach. So it has been a powerful time that we have been together. Um, today we are, we meet every other Sunday. Today is our meeting, so we'll meet again two weeks from now. Uh, since it's the last Sunday that we're going to meet of the month, we're going to do a little outreach. We're going to go to the streets. And the way we see it is because these women used to be broken and now they have been restored. So it's time for us who are now restored to go and reach other broken women and broken people on the street and see God restore them also. So we meet every other Sunday at 5 p.m. So if you are a single mom in this place or if you know a single mom, and I'm pretty sure all of you know a single mom somewhere, please invite them to this life group. They will be encouraged. It is a safe place where they can show, they can share their struggles, they can share the things they've been through, and they will be encouraged, they will be empowered to live for Jesus, and they will have awesome bonds with other women of God. Amen? How are you guys doing? Uh, my name is Ricky. This is my wife, uh, Rachel. Um, any married couples here? Come on, I like to see where my married couples are at. Amen. Let me ask you guys a question. Do you not want to have fun? Do you not like hanging out with other people? No? No, okay, that's So uh, you're going to love what I have to say because we want to have fun. We want to hang out with other people, okay? For the next three months, uh, we're going to have date nights, okay? We meet once a month, the third Sunday of every month, and uh, we just want to have a good time, all right? You know that before you even got married, you probably used to go out more. You probably used to have more fun, hang out with more people. Not that you don't like your spouse. It's just life gets busier, right? Especially if you have kids, you know, you just don't have a lot of time for that. It seems to diminish throughout the time, you know. But we want to create that opportunity, right, for you guys to just go out, man, have that day night once a month, the third Sunday of every month, just spend that quality time with your wife, your husband, have fun fellowship with other married couples. Uh, that's what we want to do. We already have the uh, next month's event set up. We want to do the, like, uh, it's no going with the season in November. We have a Thanksgiving thing, uh, uh, Christmas, uh, December, we want to do two lights, go out to Brookfield, something like that. And our uh, next month is already set up. Okay, you got to check out my Facebook, Ricky Rivera. Friend me. Uh, you can join the group MPI, a marriage life group. You can join that group, but better yet, just talk to us after church so we can give you the information. Next month, man, we're going to have a sunset hayride. 
bonfire, roast some sport. I mean, that's romantic, right? There's gonna be corn maze. You guys can get lost in the corn maze. You know what I'm saying? Like, so while you guys are roasting your marshmallows, don't worry about where me and Rachel are at. You know, we're lost in the corn maze. You know, so. I mean, it's quality time with your husband or your wife, you know, I mean, the fellowship, quality time, you know, as we're walking out, you get lost in the dark, we're walking out, we bump into Ishmael Robin, I don't know, they're there, they just had their third kid, God knows they need quality time, so if anybody, I'm going to throw it out there, if anybody wants to volunteer to babysit so they can come, they need it, you know, we, married couples, guys, if you're married, if you have kids, find a babysitter for that day, you know, we need our quality time, it's very important for marriage, Come on, I'll get some information. I'll have the church talk to Just one more thing. As Ricky was mentioning, um, take a look at some of these leaders here. If they had said something that you're interested in joining, please see them after this service so that you can connect with them. We also have everything that they just talked about on Facebook. So if you're into social media, if you connect that way, maybe life's busy, we can understand. We have it on Facebook, all the details. You can look it up there. Okay, and just one more last-minute detail. If you look by each each one of the life group, uh, kind of went away. It's going to come back soon. But not, So, for example, for Elevate, for 11 to 18 years old and, and for single moms, fellas, don't show up to that, okay? Well, th they're single moms, I'm a single guy. That's not how it works, it's for single moms, okay? And so we wanna encourage you guys to join as many life groups as you can, okay? But make sure that you are you can go, because uh, we don't want some single guys like, hey, is this a single mom's life group? Yes, it is, get out. We don't want that happening. So we love you guys. Let's give it up for our leaders, amen. Amen, praise the Lord. God is good. I just want to reiterate, they did an awesome job. And I just want to let you know as our, as the church, these leaders are honored to serve you. They are here to serve you, to help you in your growth with the Lord, and just to be there to be your friend. And so we really invite you all with arms open wide. And I just want to specify, this is our new quarter of life groups, okay? We just finished our last quarter. July, August, and September. So this is for the new quarter, October, November, and December. And that's why a lot of their themes are Halloween and Thanksgiving and Christmas. So October, November, and December, we're just kicking that off. And we want to make that announcement to you. And again, they are honored to serve you. Amen. As we continue along with the discipleship strategy, we want to mentor you with the cross. We have leaders in place ready to take you through our 101 book. It's called Welcome to Your New Life. They can meet with you every week, once a month, just to disciple, to disciple you, get into your life, to be there as a mentor as you grow in your faith with the Lord. And after the 101, we do the 201 book, Disciples That Make Disciples. And this is just simply our leadership class with Pastor Jared every Sunday where we train you and raise you up so that you could be an elder or deacon one day. Amen. And then, our, uh, then we want to send you out with the cross. We want to teach you how to evangelize, to go out, preach the gospel wherever you are, and especially on the streets. And we have a life group for that opportunity for you to really just go out and share your faith. And then our goal here at MPI is 100,000 disciples with 50 churches in this city and 500 churches around the world. If you believe we can do that, say amen this morning. Praise the Lord. He is good. Look to your neighbor say, it's time to talk about money. Time to talk about money. And like I said last week, money is not a bad word in church, okay? So we're going to prepare to give our tithe and offerings this, mor this morning. Excuse me. If you could please turn with me in your Bibles to Leviticus 2730. 
Leviticus 27.30 as we prepare to give. We like to teach every week here the importance of putting God first in our finances. We teach that the, the scripture teaches that a tithe is a 10% of your total income. And basically what that looks like is if you have a $500 check or $500, how much of it is your tithe? $50. And young people, you get a $20 allowance for the week, your tithe is $2. So the Lord says if we're faithful with a little, we'll be faithful with much. If we can tithe off of $10, we'll be able to tithe off of $10,000 because God comes first. Amen? And then an offering is, is anything above that, an amount that's between you and the Lord that you give faithfully, that you give generously. And here at Metro Praise, we designate our offering to two different spots. We have a building fund, which we're actually in right now, and then to missions because we love missions. We love the nations of the world, and we want to see them know Christ. So if you are there in Leviticus 27:30, say, I'm there. A tithe of everything. Say everything. From the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. Who does it belong to? To the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. And that word holy means set apart. So that tithe doesn't belong to us. And I want to encourage those who have been tithing to keep on tithing. I want to encourage those who have not been tithing to start tithing because it's not yours. And the Bible teaches that when we keep back the tithe, that we're actually robbing God. So some of you here may even owe God your tithe. I pray that you spend time and pray. You seek the Lord and pray that he uh, encourages you and gives you the strength to give to him because this is the only area in our life that God gives us permission to test him in is in our finances. Amen. And God is faithful. And I know there's awesome men and women of God in this place that could testify to God's goodness because they were faithful for tithes and offerings. Amen. And I want to announce to you again this building fund that we are in for our baptismal tank. We are halfway there, guys. Come on, praise the Lord with me this morning. We have raised approximately $1,500, and our goal was $3,000 when we started this, this month, okay? So I just want to challenge some of you. Maybe you haven't given yet. Maybe you're still waiting for God to give you an amount. This is your time to give. And sometimes it may be a sacrifice, and it will hurt your pocket a little bit, you know? But, you know, some, some of you guys have heavy pockets. you got to just light, lighten the load a little. And our challenge to you is this. If 15 people this morning gave $100, we would end this giving campaign. Amen? And we haven't asked for finances like this in about a year. It's been about a year since we were at the old location and coming here. And God has been doing awesome things. We're growing to healthy growth, God is moving. So I want to challenge some of you. If you haven't given yet, now is your time. And it takes sacrifice. And we don't give to get, but we believe that when we give, God blesses. Because it says it in the word. That he will open up the floodgates of heaven and pour a blessing upon you that you won't have room to receive. So I challenge you this morning. Search your hearts before the Lord and say, God, I'm going to give this to be obedient to you, to honor you, so that our church can have a baptismal tank because we want to baptize the lost four times a year. And we don't have to worry about the weather. We don't have to worry about going away. We want to do it right here whenever we want, as the Lord says so. Amen. How many of you guys excited for us to have this baptismal tank? Come on. God is good. If you could please stand with me this morning as we prepare to give and put God first in all that we do. 
Let's repeat this together. Luke 6, 38. Give, and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. We have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And we just magnify you and glorify you today. We thank you for all the wealth that we have in this country. And God, we say that as Americans, we stand up, God, and we put you first in our finances. Forgive us, God, if we haven't done so. But I pray that this offering will be a sweet aroma to your nostrils, God, that you would be glorified, that you would receive the praise. I pray that you bless your people with income, with employment, God, with raises and promotions as they put you first as they trust you with the little God, we know, God, that when we're faithful with what you've given to us, you will give us more because that's how good you are. We pray that you meet our budget this month at Metro Praise, that we could do above and beyond what we could ever imagine, what you've called us to do in this city, to win the lost and make disciples. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. amen. Please come forward as you give this morning. Amen, amen. How many love Jesus? Can I get a hallelujah? Amen. So good to see you guys this morning. Can you open up your Bibles with me to Mark chapter 3? Mark chapter 3. As you're turning there, I want you to see on the website how to do life groups very simply. You go to mpichurch.org, and it's going to come up. And our brother's going to show it to you right now as you turn to that passage of Scripture, Mark chapter 3. So good to see everybody here. You come to our website. Uh, you can scroll down. Uh, brother, what it's on right now is the, uh, the mini version. Could you uh, redo it so it's the normal version uh, by not uh, um, uh, emphasizing the, uh, can't even think of that word, enlarging. Don't enlarge it so it can be the regular size. Turn with me to Mark chapter 3, and as you're there, I want to show you uh, simply how to use this website so that you can go there at any given time and to find your life group information because I know this piece of paper will probably make it about as far as the lobby, okay? Uh, or you may tuck it away in your Bible, and if you do, you won't see it uh, probably again unless you read your Bible every day. Does anybody read their Bible every day? Amen. Look at your neighbor and talk about how you read your Bible while I walk you through this website real quick. Come on, talk about your Bible.
Okay, so I want you to see this. How many people love their Bible, right? Hey, Amen. That was a good filler. Okay. Metropraise.org. There it is. Join us, 10 a.m. Scroll down, good sir. Guess where you would click on if you want to learn about life groups. Where would you click? Okay, let's click on it. Now, you can share this with your friends. This is so awesome. Right here, just pause right there. You can like the page. David Montez has liked it. This is actually at his house right there. Uh, he's in the military serving our country in Georgia. But you can like it and actually send the page to others. And then uh, scroll down a good sir. And then here, each one links you directly to their Facebook page. So you can like this. You can send this to your friends. And you can simply go, oh, Encounter Night. I want to see their Facebook page or you're like oh I want to go to the adult Bible study but I want to know where the address is you click on the address it takes you directly to the map quest to get you guys there see isn't that website pretty cool right now watch this scroll down for me please because there's so much going on guess what you need a what a calendar and there it is so we don't want you guys to get lost in the church we want you to just plug right in and keep doing life groups can I get a whoop whoop for the website Amen, amen, amen. Also, we got a new series that we're going to be starting next month. It's going to be following along with our daily devotions, and it is going to be outstanding. It's going to be awesome. You want to be here. You want to bring all of your friends. This slide is going to change your life when he puts it up there. And I am telling you, you want to be here. Why? Because we're overcomers, baby. Is anybody an overcomer in the house? Okay, now watch this. All month long, we're going to talk about overcoming in life, climbing the things and challenges of life and overcoming them. We are going to have this confession the entire month of November. I am what he said I am. I can do what he said I can do. That's going to be the confession the entire month. Just say it with me right now. I am what he said I am. I can do... What he said I can do. Come on, one more time. Say, I am what he said I am. I can do, baby, what he said I can do. I want you to get excited about this. Here's the reason why we've been preaching all this month, and today's message is going to be deep, okay? So if you're a visitor here, just hang on, put on, you know, your, your swim trunks and your, your not binoculars, but the uh, scuba gear, because we're going deep. We're going in deep water. But I want you to make sure you come back next week, and then everybody start bringing their friends, because we're going to deal with those life issues. That It doesn't matter if you've been a Christian for 100 years or just one day. We all deal with these life issues. We're going to talk about dealing with our attitudes, dealing with gossip, dealing with discouragement, dealing with laziness, dealing with like trying to pay our bills and all of these things. Anybody relating to this? Come on. See, this is life right here. You are climbing it. And look, at there is no rope. And that's how you feel sometimes, isn't it, baby? You just feel like you're hanging on for life. Oh, help me, somebody. <laughs> you're just hanging on and you just want to do it and you know you can do it, but you just need help to do it, right? And so what we're going to do is we're just going to send you the gospel rope. We're going to teach you how to climb because you are going to overcome everything that's in your life. Jesus says you're an overcomer. Now, here's the deal. If you're just like, oh, I don't, I don't want to overcome anything. I just want to stay the way I am with stinking thinking. You're not going to like this series, okay? So if you just want to mild just wallow in the mud and just talk about how terrible life 
dishes and air your dirty laundry on Facebook all the time. You're not going to like this series. But if you want to change, if you want to see your family change, if you want to go to another level, you're going to like this series. Can I get a what what for that? Amen. You all ready to go deep now? Okay, here are the notes. Let's put it up on Facebook website, all the goodies. We always have your notes. Preach, pray, plug away. Okay? Preach, pray, plug away. Preach, pray. Y'all ain't with me. Y'all ain't with me. Where is the drummer and get the Ishmael? Will you get that 808 for me? Because I'm in that special mood. I got my mom and dad in town. Everybody give it up for Mr. and Mrs. Lorraine and Jim Y. Rostick. Amen. Give me that 808, drop it like it's hot up in this place. I am so cray cray. Oh, baby. Just, I want to rattle the walls right now. I don't know what happened to me this morning, but I just woke up like this. I, I've been like this. <laughs> You're like, help him, Lord. Bless him, Jesus. Oh, just give it up for Ishmael right here. He don't need, he don't need, he don't need time to practice. Boom. Come on, drop it like it hot. Drop it like it hot. Boom. Yeah, come on, yeah. Now wave your hands in the air like you care, baby. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, when I say Jesus, y'all say Christ. Saying Jesus, saying Jesus. Well, when I say holy, everybody say go. Saying holy, saying holy. We're going to preach, pray, and plug away. We're going to preach, pray, and plug away. We're going to preach. Pray and plug away until we see Jesus Christ one day, baby. We're going to preach. Pray and plug away. We're going to preach. Pray and plug away. We're going to preach. Pray and plug away until we all see Jesus one day, baby. Oh, 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 oh. Woo! Give it up for Jesus. We love you, Lord. Get cray cray up in the house. Woo! Woo! Man, I feel Jesus. You see, everybody feels Jesus differently, right? Don't judge me. I'm just feeling Jesus my way. Some of y'all want ding 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 ding. This is how we feel it. Right? Oh man, this is awesome. Look at your neighbor and say, Jesus loves you. It's okay to have fun in church. Oh, praise God. Mark chapter 3. Preach, pray, and plug away. Verse 14. Look at it. And then look at how I got the notes broken down with your iPhone, iPad, whatever you got, Google. Preach, pray, and plug away. You can just tap on each one, and you're going to be able to look at the a massive amount of notes we got as I'm catching my breath. <sighs> okay. As I've gotten heavier over the years, that's a workout. You know that little getting jiggy with it? That I'm not like a little Wayne, you know what I'm saying? It's like a big pop over here or something. <laughs> Woo, thank you, Lord. So when you go home and you live the rest of your life, you can go back to these notes and just touch, preach, and learn all about what we've learned this whole month and preach. Praise what I'm going to be talking about today and plug away. So let's go into our passage, Mark 3.14. If you're there, say I'm there. Amen. Jesus uh, is being described here by the author. And look at what it says. This is Mark, and this is what he said Jesus did. He appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to 
Preach. Come on, say like you mean. Send them out to preach. Thank you. And to have authority to drive out demons. So our church is about preaching the gospel. Why? Because Jesus was about preaching the gospel. He left a legacy of preachers. And we learned that it's not just a preacher on the microphone. It's preaching wherever we go. And that's what Jesus said. Now I want you to go through these notes with me. The terms what the gospel message is in four points, seven things that the gospel brings, five reasons why we preach. Okay, now you know why I was singing and dancing, because you got a lot of studying to do. But this is what you have already learned. Has anybody learned anything this month? Amen. These, these are those points that we have gone over meticulously, one by one. So number one, we go through our terms because we want to know what we're talking about when we're going to preach. We're going to preach the gospel. It's the Greek word evangelion. Everybody say evangelion. Thank you. The New Testament, your Bible was written in Greek. The word gospel is evangelion, and it means good news. And the more in-depth definition, as you would get a holistic perspective of the gospel through the whole Bible, it is this definition right here that I like to give you, the good news concerning God's glory, humanity's salvation, by the grace of God through faith in Jesus Christ. So we say like this, Jesus stuck, put one hand into glory and the other one into what? The gutter. So he brought the two together. God's glory came to humanity's sin. And that's what solved our problem. Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people live. Jesus Christ is our Savior. Without the atonement and the payment of sin, no one can be saved. So when we're talking about the gospel, it's good news. Jesus loves you. He died on the cross for you. The glory of God is here to save you for humanity's sake. But how do you do it? By faith in Jesus Christ. You don't become uh, religious and then ask God to save you. That's like trying to wash your car then going to the car wash. Like Jesus, I'm going to do all these good things, and then one day you're going to save me. Jesus, I'm going to clean my car and try to get it all clean, and then I'm going to bring it to your car wash. No, we don't do religious things to become Christians. We have a relationship with Jesus Christ. We put our faith in him and say, I am a sinner. I can't change anything about me. I couldn't please you and be perfect even if I tried. But you died for me so I could be saved, so that I could be born again and become a new creation, going from a sinner to a saint. So now I can live for you. I can please you and I can work out my salvation by keeping your commands. Can I hear an amen? So the gospel is not based in religion, based on relationship. The second term we learn is disciple. Everybody say disciple. Thank you. It's the Greek word mathetes. Can you say that, please? One, two, three. Mathetes. And the word mathetes means student or pupil. So who are the people that are to preach the gospel? Disciples. And what are disciples? They're students. When you think of the word Christian, it's really only found two or three times in the Bible. But the word disciple, mathetes, is found over 250 times. So what do you think Jesus wants you to identify yourself as? A what? A disciple, a student, a pupil. He wants you to see yourself as more than just a person who shows up on Christmas and Easter and calls yourself a creaster. He wants to see you have that living daily relationship with him that involves you studying and learning of him and the way we can look at the word master in our culture and understand it is we can say Jesus is my sensei everybody say Jesus is my sensei so what that means when he says wax on and then wax off we do that when he says love your neighbor we do that when he says forgive your enemies we do that he becomes the guiding force of our life 
Now, this doesn't mean that we always do it perfectly. Because remember, what I said last week, if a hypocrite is somebody who makes mistakes, then everybody in the whole world is a hypocrite. Your doctor is a hypocrite. Uh, the policeman, everybody's a hypocrite. But that isn't the definition of a hypocrite, somebody who just makes mistakes. No, the definition of a hypocrite is somebody who hides their mistakes and pretends they're somebody that they're not. So as long as you're studying God's word and you're open with where you're not doing the right thing and you're open with God changing you, you can go around the world as a student of Jesus and share his gospel. And if they go, well, man, you're pretty jacked up. You're like, yeah, that's why I got Jesus. And I'm studying the Bible, dude. Yes. Yeah, I study the Bible because I need it. So if somebody says, well, we only need perfect people to, to preach the gospel, we would have to wait for the angel Gabriel to come down and share the message with you today. Right? If we had to wait for perfect people, nobody would be here this morning. Nobody would be able to preach the gospel if we were looking on perfection as never making a mistake. You know who the perfect people are to preach the gospel? Imperfect people. God loves perfect. the perfect person to preach the gospel is an imperfect person because they can identify with, I once was a sinner, now I'm a saint, and I'm learning how to study to follow Jesus' commands being filled of the Spirit. So there is no excuse that stops you from wanting to preach the gospel other than just you not wanting to do it because God will teach you along the way. Number three, everybody say preach, proclaim, evangelize. Thank you. Everybody say Caruso. Caruso is preaching the Greece. Everybody in the Greek, everybody say Diangelo. That's proclaim, and then now say evangelizo. Thank you. Those three great Greek words are interchangeable in the New Testament, all meaning the same thing. Preach, proclaim, evangelize is us opening our mouth and talking about the gospel. So in summary, what do these terms mean? There is a good news about Jesus Christ, the glory of God, the, the, the humanity's salvation by the faith in Jesus Christ. That gospel, good news, is brought by disciples to this world by preaching, proclaiming, and evangelizing. Do you all want to do that? Think about how you're here today because somebody did that with you. The messenger that taught you about Jesus, were they perfect? Now, the, my mother led me to the Lord at the kitchen table, and, it, and if you could get close to perfect on this, on this earth, my mom would be right next to it. Like, if you're talking like 10 is perfect, my mom is like 9.99999. At least that's what she told me when I was growing up, right? Because it was always her way, washing the dishes this way. No, I'm just kidding. But you know what? If I had to wait for a perfect preacher, I wouldn't have been saved that day. But November 5th, 1995, my mom, imperfect as she was, was the perfect person God wanted to use to preach the gospel to me. At my mother's kitchen table, November 5th, almost now, 19 years ago, she told me about Jesus, the good news that God's glory was coming to save humanity through faith in Jesus, not religion, but by me trusting in Jesus. She proclaimed it to me. She opened her mouth. She evangelized. She shared it with me. That's just really what evangelized, share the good news. And she preached it to me. She put some scriptures on what she was saying. That day I accepted the Lord. How many people are Christians here today, born again, disciples of Jesus Christ, who preached the gospel to you? Write it down in your notes. Put them in your heart right now. Isn't that precious? Aren't they wonderful? Aren't they beautiful? We should thank God for all the people that have preached the gospel to us. B uh, Billy Graham, that famous evangelist of the 50s and 60s, he actually did a survey of all the Christians that are in churches. And he wanted to find out what does it take for somebody to become a Christian in a church? Like, how did they get here? How did they come to know the Lord? You know what he found out? On average, every person in the church was preached the gospel to by seven different people in their life. So maybe you heard it from your coworker. 
preacher. And then you heard it from a family member. Then you saw it from a street preacher. Then you, 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 then you saw it on TV. So all of us going out and preaching the gospel, we're building up the word of God in people's lives. So somebody you may be talking to right now for using that number seven, you may be their second person. So represent Christ so that when the third, fourth, and fifth, and sixth one comes, they'll accept it. Now, for church-going folks like my, myself, I was getting born again, 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 and again every time I went to church as a kid. So I had heard the gospel a thousand times, but my mom had to tell it to me a thousand and one so that I could receive it that day. So we should never get discouraged to share it because as long as somebody is lost, they're in need of the cure. Amen? The gospel disciples and preaching. Now, look at the gospel message in four easy points. Remember I said we're going a little deep today. My brother on the front row, he ain't got to take notes because he memorized it all, okay? I love my brother. Let's give it up for Vinny playing the keyboards today. Let's clap and play it off. Let's clap and play it off. Your phone's right there. It's okay. I'm just teasing. <laughs> the gospel message in four easy. I'm sorry, dude. The gospel message in four easy points. God, man, Jesus, faith. Everybody say God, man, Jesus, faith. There it is. So we start with God. You want to know how to share this good news? Start with God. A lot of people in our culture don't believe about God today. In our 201 book, we give you the evidence for God. We talk about the evidence from the first cause. If we say that the world came from the Big Bang, who banged it? See, I believe in the Big Bang. God said it, and what? Bang! It happened, right? That's I believe in the Big Bang. So I believe in it. I just know who banged it. So we believe in the first cause. We also believe that life is special. So we believe in morality. How many believe it's good to love your neighbor and bad to eat them? How many know it's bad to eat your name? How many know cannibalism is bad? Okay, but how many know without God setting morality, cannibalism is no different than you eating a cow because we're all just animals anyways. Who tells us what's right? And then sometimes people say, well, government tells us what's right. Well, then what you're basically saying is might makes right. So that means when Hitler said that Jewish people were rats, we could put them in infernos and, and, and incinerate them, that was okay? No, because might doesn't make right. God makes right. He puts the moral compass inside of, ev of every one of us. And then thirdly, the argument from design. If you saw a watch laying on a beach, would you look at that watch and go, oh, a watch factory must have blew up a thousand years ago and then came together here on this uh, ocean side. Would you say that? If you saw Mount Rushmore, would you say, look what wind rained and the earth did over a thousand years. Just happened to form presidents. Would you do that? No. Would you look at a book like Shakespeare and go, this must have came together by an explosion in a printing press? No. You see design. So when you see design, you see a designer. When we see Mount Rushmore, we see the person who carved it. When we see the watch, we see the watch maker. When we see our brain in our eyes and how it all functions together, the very fact that we can hear this conversation and interact with each other, the conscious soul, we see design. Rocks don't think about what they're thinking about, but you can think about what you're thinking about right now. Just try to think about what you're thinking about. Do it. I dare you to think about what you're thinking about, right? You're thinking. Isn't that wonderful to think? How many know your dog didn't do that this morning? How many know animals in the zoo don't do that? They may feel things. They may act on instinct, but how come you can have two choices from two different instincts? How about this? I am tired. I have the instinct to go to bed. I'm also hungry. How many know you then make a decision? You make decisions between two natural causes, so you're not led by just natural causes. You have a decider of natural causes. Your, your conscience, soul, it's designed by God. Everybody say, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. 
Oh, I lost you on that one. That's okay. So there's a God, number one. He created us in his own image. Genesis 1 and 3 talks about this creation made in the image of God. That's the intelligence. That's the design, the first cause. Number two, man willingly sinned. How many have seen sin in this world today? Anybody ever seen sin? Sin is not here because God brought sin or God wanted us to sin. Sin is here because man chose sin. Now let's just take this example right here today. Has anybody sinned this week? Told a lie, taken something that didn't belong to you, lusted after a person you weren't married to, were bitter and unforgiving towards an enemy, did something out of selfish ambition. Those are just some of the Ten Commandments. Young people, you disobeyed your parents. You coveted after what somebody else did or had. Okay, did anybody sin like that this week? Okay, now the rest of you, are you not paying attention to the example? Am I moving too fast? How many of you sinned this week? Raise your hand. Be honest, did you sin? Now think about the sin you did this week. What did you do? What did you do? I lost my temper with my wife. I wasn't patient. That is always a big one with me, right? It's like you can just count on that, so pray for me, right? Had to ask Nancy to forgive me. My mom was there about ready to slap me upside the head. I love my mama. She just, she listens silently, but she prays. I can tell she has a loud prayer when she leaves me. She leaves my presence and then goes, dear Lord, help him. Help him, Jesus. I've been sitting silently long enough. Touch his heart. Because then all of a sudden, I come back to my wife, and I go, honey, I shouldn't have said this. I shouldn't have done that. How many sinned this week? How many can recall a sin you did this week? You can recall. Guess what? That's proof that sin doesn't need the devil. Sin doesn't need another cause. If God wanted to get the world rid of sin, he would have to start with getting rid of you. Because right now, you in yourself are the only cause of sin in yourself. No one makes you lust. No one makes you get, no one made me get angry with my wife. Now, I know a lot of times we say the devil did it, but we can sin all with, by ourselves without the devil. We don't need the devil's help. The devil will come and tempt us when he sees these things are attractive to us, but the devil can't make us do something we don't want to do. And let me just give a stunning example. Tony, would you stand up, please? Let's give it up for Tony Vivid, the man, the myth, the legend. The biggest Filipino you'll ever see this here, man. This is a giant of a man. Now would you just turn around and flex a little bit and, and turn? Yeah. Come on, give it up for Tony. You may be seated. Now I am not tempted in the least bit. That did not tempt me. The devil can come to me right now and go, look at his biceps. Look at, see, the devil can come and look at his hair, look at his smile, look at him move. The devil can do all that and I'll just be like, oh, sorry, devil, wrong person. That doesn't tempt me because, because I don't need the devil's help to sin when I want something. And if I don't want something, the devil can't do anything to make me want it. Are you all listening to me? So I blame it on the, you know, going to blame it on the devil will never work for you. Just use that example. You understand. And so man has been born a sinner because men sinned, Adam and Eve back then, uh, you know, him and his wife. Now we're born sinners. And then by ourselves, even without the help of the devil, we still choose sin. But how many know he's a tempter and he loves to bring death and destruction, right? So he will help us to sin. Number three, everybody say Jesus Christ. Ask yourself this question as we just said his beautiful name. Say it one more time. Jesus Christ. Why isn't Buddha's name a cuss word? Why isn't Hitler's name a cuss word? Why isn't Stalin's name a cuss word or Mussolini? Why do people take that precious name in vain? 
Because the devil hates that name. Because that's the only name under which, under heaven on which God has given us to be saved. Never take that name in vain. If you hit your thumb, say, oh, Buddha, okay? Don't say Jesus Christ, amen? Say Jesus Christ when you worship him and when you want others to know about him, amen? Say, oh, Hitler. Curse Hitler. Curse something else other than Jesus Christ, amen? But Jesus Christ, what did he do? Death burial, resurrection. He died for our sins, the spotless Lamb of God. This means for 4,000 years in Old Testament history, they were taught that without the shedding of blood, there would be no sacrifice for their sins. That's why they had the Passover meal. God taught Moses this. And you look in the Bible, Leviticus, you know, like, what is Leviticus about? It's Levitical laws for those priests, those priests who were part of the family of Levi, and their whole job was to make sacrifices and give offerings to God so that the people could have forgiveness. But Jesus came. He Hebrews says to be the once and for all sacrifice for all men's sins. Amen. So I don't have to go into a dark closet and confess my sins to Father Tom. I don't have to take communion every week. All I need to do is call out to Jesus and say, forgive me for I have sinned. And he will forgive me. Will he not? Did he not say that on the cross? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So I don't need to talk to his brother, his mother, his sister, the saint of lost keys. I don't need to talk to one of his pastors or priests. All I need is Jesus, the precious blood of Jesus. And some of you may say, he's mocking them. No, I'm doing it because I love them. I love them. What if I told you I would give you a million dollars? I said, I'll give you a million dollars. But you kept going to my brother and my sister, and they said, we don't have a million dollars. Wouldn't you want me to come and remind you, hey, I said, come to me. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father but by me. Amen? We love every religious person out there, but come to Jesus. And the last thing, everybody say faith. In the Greek, it's pistis. It's a trust in who God is. And I give that example of the unicyclist. He's going to unicycle across the uh, Grand Canyon. And he says, I'll do it blindfolded. Do you think I can do it? Everybody shouts. He says, do you think I can do it with somebody on my shoulders? They all shout. And then what does he do? He points to the person shouting the loudest. And he says, put the blindfold on and saddle up. We're going over the Grand Canyon. You see, now that takes faith. It's one thing to cheer on Jesus. Hercules, Hercules. He's my superhero. I love Jesus. He died on the cross. It's another thing to live for him on Saturday night, Friday night, Monday morning when you go to your job, when you're filing your taxes, when you're dealing with La Migra. It's, it's about real life with Jesus. Do you really love him? Do you really put your faith in him? Do you really depend upon him? You can tell when it comes to tithe and offering time who's God you're serving. Amen? If you can't give that tithe and offering, but you can go and spend it on a Bears game or you can go spend it on a restaurant, we know who your God is. Amen. Your God is the greenback, dinero. But if you can give it away and store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, you're saying, I got faith in what I don't see because God is bigger than all of this down here. The gospel, the good news in four easy points. God created us. We have sinned. Jesus died for our sins. And if we put our faith and trust in Jesus, we are saved. We're not going to be saved. I'm not waiting to judgment day to see if I pass the test like some religions teach. Well, when you get there, your good works versus your bad works. No, I know I'm saved now because it's not based on my good or bad works. It's based on the work of Jesus Christ and the cross. He did what I never could do. He lived a perfect life and it forgave in my sin. So are you saved? Is anybody saved? Do you know that you're saved? Now do you want to share it with others? 
I want our ushers to hand these out to you. And you can tell I'm talking quicker than I normally do because we got a lot to talk about today because I'm only halfway through the introduction. I haven't even got to the message yet, okay? i got two more points, and then we get to the message. Amen? Everybody say amen. Ushers, hand these out real quick. And if you got one, wave them in the air like you just care. Boom. This is an easy way for you to preach. You have been with us all month long, and we said, let's start with the ABCs of gospel preaching. You know what this is? This is a book of the New Testament book of John. You can give this to your friend. We have thousands of these here. This wonderful company, the Life Book, Lord bless them. We should pray for them often. They produce these books. You can give them out. We print out thousands of these flyers. Says the time of our service, you service website. All of our sermons are free online, all of our books, everything. And then on the back, it talks about giving your life to Jesus. Would you do me a favor this week? Would you hand this out to somebody? For those of you who would say, Pastor, I'm going to hand this out when I go to the restaurant today. Take as many as you want. They're in the back for you. Take as many as you want. Let us be faithful to preach the gospel. Seven things will happen when we do preach the gospel. I'm going to go through them just quickly. I'm just going to read them off. When somebody accepts the gospel, they become a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. According to 2 Corinthians 5, 17. The second thing is redemption. They are bought back and released from legal obligation. You are no longer in legal obligation to the devil. You don't belong to sin. You belong to Jesus. Amen. You have been bought with the blood of Jesus. Live like it. Don't go back to that wicked taskmaster, the devil. Live free. It's for freedom that he sets you free. Galatians 3.13, reconciliation. We who were once apart from God. Before you became a Christian, did you feel like you were apart from God? Like God was something maybe you believed in, but you really didn't have a relationship with him. Can anybody identify with that? Please help me preach. Does anybody know what I'm talking about when you go to bed at night and you're questioning what is the purpose of life and existence? And it feels like when you're asking those questions, God is so far away that God is almost like a myth. That's something that's not real. But how many know when you ask Jesus into your heart, it wasn't that God was out there anymore somewhere in heaven with golden streets and pearly gates. How many know that Jesus came here, that the Holy Spirit came here, that you heard his voice, that relationship. You know what happened? You were reconciled to God. God was no longer separated because of your sin. He was brought close because of Jesus and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The fourth thing that, that happens is atonement. Everybody say atonement. That means to bear the sins of another. Jesus bore our sins. Some people say to me, I don't need anybody to bear my sins. I'll take on the penalty for my own sin. How could you ever make up for your sins? You may be able to ask somebody to forgive you. You could say, God, forgive me of my sin. But God is a just God. He must punish the sin that you committed. If he lets people sin and go unpunished and simply says, I forgive them, then he's not a good God. Think about this. Because some people think they're going to go to heaven, then see Jesus and say, Jesus, will you now please forgive me of my sins? You're a good guy. I believe in you. I didn't really live for you down here on earth, but I see you now. Hey, forgive me of my sins. And what is the example that they use? They use the example like if you owe somebody $50 and maybe you've been running and hiding from them and eventually you meet them in the you know the the break room at work or you see them at the family reunion and now you simply say to them hey man I am so sorry I'm in a tough spot right now would you just forgive me I can't pay you back and let's say they're a nice person they go yeah don't worry about it you don't owe me 50 bucks that's how people think about salvation they think they're going to come to heaven Jesus is a nice guy and they're going to say Jesus forgive me for my sins and Jesus is going to say well we were 
we're finally here together now. I love you. You're forgiven. Is everybody tracking with the example? But that isn't an appropriate example. It's not that we just owe something to God that we can't pay back. We're actually criminals against the law of God. So the illustration of this would be to appear before a judge whose only job is to uphold the law and to make sure that the country lives by that law. Now imagine appearing before that judge with 10,000 parking tickets. Now if the judge said to you, I forgive you. Just go on your way. Don't get any more parking tickets. How would you think that would be? You would say that wasn't a good judge. But you may say, well, parking tickets aren't a big deal. What if a murderer came before that judge and said, judge, I'm really sorry. You know what? I was in traffic. It was Chicago traffic. I had a bad day. I pulled out my bat, beat the guy, and I feel bad now. How many think it would be a good judge to say, go free? But hold on, what if they kept murdering? What if every time they murdered, they came before the judge and they said, Judge, I'm sorry. But they went out and murdered again. Is this a good judge, yes or no? Now look at sinners. Sinners lie. Sinners live in adultery. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, to hate your brother is the sin of murder. And yet some people keep on sinning to ask Jesus to keep on forgiving them, but they don't let Jesus change them. And they think God on judgment day is just going to say, forget about it. Hey, well, you, you, you lusted, you got angry. Hey, well, I got heaven for you. I'll cleanse you now. No, the penalty must be paid. So this is why we come to Jesus and say, Jesus, would you go to the Father and present your blood on behalf of my sin so that he can stamp paid in full over the debt that I owe and the crimes that I've committed? And without Jesus' atonement, the crimes go unpunished, and God would be an unjust God. But if you know God is a good God, then what does he have to do to your sins that don't have any punishment for? He has to now punish you, and that is why there is hellfire eternally. Do you understand that? Good people will go to hell because unless you're born again, you are not in right relationship with God. Your sins have not been atoned for. And in Romans chapter three, really, there is no good people. We just pretend we're good. Why? Because we compare ourselves to Hitler. I'm pretty good because I'm better than Hitler, right? So when I get to heaven, God's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. You were better than Hitler. No. Who are we compared to on Judgment Day? Hitler? Mussolini? Ted Bundy? Who are we compared to? So how would you compare right now without Jesus' blood forgiving you? And then now what happens? He has to punish you because if he doesn't, what is he? A bad judge. And is he going to go against his character? No. He will either punish. He, he, your sins have either been punished through the sacrifice of Jesus or they will be paid for by you in eternity in hell. What do you want? Somebody say atonement. Yeah, that's what I want. Next one, salvation. What does salvation mean? To be saved from your sins. To be saved from destruction. Romans 1.16 and John 3.16. Think about this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not. Perish. Say it again. Shall not. You know that word perish means destruction, to be destroyed. You keep reading John 3, 17, John 3, 18. It's, oh, matter of fact, turn there quickly because I know I'm preaching without showing you a lot of scripture. It's, it's referenced all throughout here, and I've been uh, you know, speaking it. But I want you to see it in your word, just that famous passage of scripture, that you won't perish, so you have to be saved. But somebody may say, well, pastor, I don't think I need to be saved. So I was talking to a waitress yesterday at a restaurant. And uh, she says, I go to church. I'm a good person. So then I said to her, have you been born again? And she goes, no, I don't know what that is. And then I said, well, you know, you need to be born again. You need to accept Jesus. And she's like, no, I'm okay. I go to this, you know, this kind of church and I do these kinds of things. She does not understand that salvation, this Bible is saying salvation is not an upgrade. 
Like she's been going to this kind of church, she prays these prayers, she takes her communion, and now she's okay. But because I'm a born-again Christian, I'm the real radical one, and now uh, she has a choice to either go to heaven her way or to go to heaven with a little bit of an upgrade, the born-again ways. Everybody tracking with this example? That is not what the Bible says. Listen to what it says. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe what? Stands. Say it again. Stands already because they have believed in the name of God's one and only son. So here's the deal. If you're not saved, you're going to hell. It's not my religion taught me this, and I go to this church, and they teach me this. No. Have you been born again? Have you been forgiven of your sins? Have you put your faith in Jesus, saved from your destruction? If you have not, the only other option is to go to hell. And if you say, well, that's not fair. Here's the deal. You got sin because of what somebody else does, but uh, what Adam and Eve did, but now you can get righteousness because of what Jesus did. So you get to make the choice. Which one are you going to live by? The acts of Adam or the acts of Jesus Christ. So what is fair is your choice. Does everybody get that? Adam and Eve, you weren't there. You were born a sinner. Now you've made choices to sin. Jesus Christ, you weren't perfect, but he died for your sins. Now which one are you going to be like? Do you want to be like the Adam who turned his back on God who sinned and make excuses and keep on sinning? Or do you want to follow Jesus Christ and have him save you? Because without salvation, you will what? Perish. Everybody say perish. Lastly, somebody say justification. Thank you to make right or just. This means you are right with God. The moment you get saved, you're right with God. And then lastly, sanctification means to make holy. Look at Hebrews 10.29 because I've never had a chance to read it, and I just want to share it real quick. Justification means now I am saved and right with God just if I'd never sinned. Everybody say justified. Just if I'd never sinned. So when I come to Christ, I'm made not like a remodeled version of me. I am made a new, brand new version of me. The new me is not like the old me. The old me was born a sinner with a a propensity to sin. The new me is born a saint with the propensity to live holy with the mind of Christ. Now look at this word sanctification as we turn to Hebrews 10, 29. This now means for the rest of your life, whenever sin comes into your life, think of your life as this water bottle, pure. And let's say it was 100% pure. Sin is whatever defiles your water bottle. You never live with any sin in your life. Anytime you sin, you confess it to the Lord. And you don't just confess it in a weak pansy way like, oh, God, forgive me, I sinned again. No, you say to the Lord, Lord, forgive me and lead me in your path of righteousness for your namesake. Deliver me from evil. Lead me not into temptation. Let your kingdom come on earth in me as it is in heaven. Does everybody understand why we learned those verses? Here's the scripture. Look at it. Hebrews 10, 29, how much more severely do you think someone deserves to be punished who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified him and who has insulted the Spirit of grace? Come on, somebody say, oh, snap. This will wake you up this morning. Come on. If you keep on sinning, 
and you don't think that you need to repent of it, that God is going to accept you as a filthy, dirty water bottle after he saved you, he compares it to you trampling on Jesus. You continuing to sin and not letting him transform your heart is a not just a slap to Jesus' face, it is a boot to Jesus' face, trampling the Son of God, and you will get punished. And then the next thing that it says is it insults, insults and offends the spirit of what? Grace. God is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. When you don't live right, you're not following the Father's word. You're stepping on Jesus, and you're insulting the Holy Spirit who lives with you. And he is a spirit of grace. And grace doesn't mean to be forgiven of sin so I can keep on sinning and stay in the rat race of sin. No, it means to get out of the rat race of sin, stepping out of your past into your future, being who Christ made you to be. And if you ever say, no, I'm going to live how I want to, and he better deal with it because I was born this way, for we know who said It is mine to avenge. I will repay. And again, the Lord says, I will judge, the Lord will judge his people. Is anybody here the people of God? You you ain't the enemies of God now, are you? So you're the people of God. You are people, gente, who love God, right? You are people who love God. What does he say to you? I will judge you if you live like this. We already know the sinner's getting judged. We already know the adulterer's getting judged. The one without Christ, the false religion, the pagan, the idolater, we already know they're getting judged. But what is the revelation here? People of God, you will be judged if you continue in your sin. Look at verse 31. If you were thinking sweet Barney Jesus was coming back one day, this will literally scare the hell out of you. It's all right because you better live for Jesus. It's tight, but it's, it is dreadful. It is a dreadful thing. To fall into the hands of a living God. You better get right or you're going to get left. You better live for Jesus, saints. This is the gospel. I'm going to review it real quick right here. We got our definitions. What is the gospel? The good news about Jesus Christ. Bringing God's glory and, uh, to humanity's salvation by faith. The disciple The Mathetaeus, the student, is the one who brings that message. How do we do it? Through preaching, proclaiming, evangelizing. When that gospel message is being preached, what are the four points we're going to hit? We're going to talk about God and who he is. We're going to talk about man and who they are. We're going to talk about Jesus Christ and what he did. And we're going to talk about faith and what it means to trust God. When we're preaching that gospel, we can expect seven things to happen in everybody's life. November 5th, 1995, this is how I got saved. The day you got saved, Jose, these things happened. The day Ishmael got saved, Ricky, these things happened. You became a new creation. You were redeemed. You were reconciled. Atonement was made on your behalf. You were saved. You were justified, and you were sanctified. That's what the gospel does every time. Amen? All the time, every time. And now why should we preach this gospel? We should preach it for these five reasons, for the glory of God, for the love of God, for the salvation of all mankind, for the kingdom of God to come to this earth, and for eternal rewards of heaven. Why should you now motivate yourself to get out this door and do it? Because, number one, it's the glory of God. He deserves it. 
Why do you salute a flag? Why do you say the Pledge of Allegiance? Allegiance. You do it because this nation has given you freedom. Why is it you open your mouth when you feel embarrassed, when you feel you may get persecuted? Why is it you are willing to lose friends, lose family members? Why? Because he's worthy of it. He bled on a cross naked for you. He laid down his life for you. You should lay down your life for him. Don't be ashamed of him. Don't let this world come out of their closet and push you into your closet. You need to come out of the closet preachers and gospel preachers here and live and preach for Jesus. Don't let people put their values on you. Share your values. Amen. We don't need to force them on anybody, but stand for what you believe in or you'll fall for anything. Amen. Stand for what you believe in, for the glory of God. Number two, the love of God. It compels us. How many love Jesus today? How many know Jesus loves lost people? Have you ever been by yourself in your bedroom, a prayer closet here at the church? Tears come down your eyes because you see how precious people are to God. Have you ever prayed for your neighbor, your friend, your family member and said, God, save them, Jesus. Let them feel love like how I feel it, God. Give them peace like how I feel. Have you ever been compelled by the love of God? Then go share his word because God loves the whole world. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight for the salvation of mankind. Sometimes Christians get a bum rap. We're called hellfire preachers because we talk about hell. But my friends, the only reason why we talk about hell is because we don't want people to go there. We want people to be saved. God said that he wished none would perish, but that all would come to the knowledge of the truth. He told us that he is not slack in keeping his promises, but he is doing this so that none would perish, but they could hear the gospel as of right now, like Vanessa was saying. Time is running slow in these end days. It's not speeding up so we can go meet Jesus. It's waiting for those of us to preach so that others can hear. And it will not come until the gospel has been preached to all the world. Until the whole world has heard the gospel of Jesus, he will not come back. That's what I mean by speeding up, slowing down. He will not just say, you're saved, let's all go into heaven. We will not get there in Matthew 24 until all the world has heard the gospel. Number four, the kingdom of God to come to earth. How many are tired of seeing murders in our city? How many are tired of seeing corruption in our politics? How many are tired of seeing young people with role models that are pornographic? How many, how many are tired of their businesses failing because of greedy people? How many people here are tired of neighbors getting upset? because you took their spot when they shoveled it on a snow day? How many are tired of hating on each other because of what you have and what you don't have? What do we need? We need the kingdom of darkness to be pushed out and the kingdom of light to come. Go into a dark room one day and see how it works. Pitch black, light a little candle and look at how that little candle will light that dark room. It doesn't matter where God has placed you in this world. You should care about the kingdom of God coming to this earth. Matthew 6.33 He didn't say seek first your job, seek first your marriage seek first your kids he said seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness and then all these things will be added unto you why is it you'll be the best dad the best mother or father the best employee the best nation the best people when we put God first in God we trust if you ever forget look at your dollar bill trust in God and not that money Put God first in all you do. The best fathers, put God first. The best husbands, put God first. The best employers, bosses, governors, presidents are those who put God first. And last, I'm, I'm shouting better than your, uh, uh, I'm preaching better than your shouting, but I'm going to keep preaching. You got wore out, but I'm still up here. Come on, somebody help me preach. This is just the introduction. 
This is just the introduction. If you don't come back next week, at least you heard it, okay? Don't get mad at me because we had to talk about life groups today. You are going to hear this whole message. Why? Because my hands will be free from your blood of your neighbors when we stand before God. You will not stand before God while your neighbors go to hell and say, all my pastor did was sing, laugh, and make me giggle so I didn't tell my friends about Jesus. No, on judgment day, I as a shepherd will be there as this flock comes before God and is judged. And I will say before God, I taught them what your word said. What they do is on them now. It's not on my hands. I taught them the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, let's go to the message. If you're ready, say I'm ready. That is what we're going to preach. Now, look, we're going to click pray. Come on, baby. Boom. Now, preach, pray, and what? Plug away. Here's five prayers that you're to pray every day. Five prayers, the prayer of repentance, the prayer of tongues, the prayer of intercession, the prayer of faith, the prayer of thanksgiving and worship. I will summarize it as quickly as I can, but you are responsible to praying like this every day. Number one, you should pray for the forgiveness of your sins so that that water bottle remains clean. Ask the Lord, like Psalms 139 says, say, Lord, search my heart. Show me if there's any wicked way in me. I don't believe that sin is an accident or that sin is something you don't know about. If it is something you don't know about, it's because your heart is hard and you're no longer listening to the Lord. But anybody in a right relationship with God, at any point, starting today, right now, you can pray and say, Lord, show me my heart. What is wicked inside of me that doesn't belong? And the Lord will convict you of sin. The Lord will show you how you've spoken to your wife, sir. The Lord will tell you what you've done with your money, husband and wife as a family. The Lord will deal with you children and how you've obeyed your parents and how you've gone into the ways of this world or live for God. And if there's any sin, he'll show you. And then what do you do? You confess that sin. Sometimes people say, well, you know what? I feel sad when I think about that. You know what Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 7.10 says? Godly sorrow brings forth repentance that then leads to joy. When you feel bad for your sins and you actually have a tender heart to see that your sin put Jesus on the cross, that the Holy Spirit's been grieved by you as a Christian continuing that sin, and that by you making excuses, you're possibly trampling on Jesus when you see your sin as small as it may be in your eyes, when you see it that way and God breaks your heart, that is a good thing. Read Psalms 51, David's repentance. Oh, Lord, take not your spirit from me. Clean my heart. Renew a steadfast spirit in me that I may live for you. Read the Psalms. Read the Bible and what it means to repent. Number two, pray in tongues. We're a spirit-filled church here. Shakabonky. We believe in speaking in tongues. And you say, oh, what is that weird stuff they're doing? Do you know that the disciples spoke in tongues? Do you know that Paul spoke in tongues? you know why they spoke in tongues? Jude chapter 1 verse 20, to build up themselves and their faith. You ever go to church and you feel pumped up and excited? But then during the week you feel like there's a drain at the end of your bucket and all that God did in that, in that service is now draining out? You know why that is? It's because you're not building up your faith by praying in tongues. When we pray, in a language we have not learned the Holy Spirit is communing with us in a deeper way than what our mind understands. How many think here your cantaloupe sized brain can comprehend all the things of God? Do you think your brain can comprehend everything? 
Do you think a computer can comprehend all that God is doing? Of course not. These things are limited. Your brain, computer, nothing compared to God. How about spirit to spirit? The Bible says the Holy Spirit lives in us. We speak in languages we haven't learned, languages of angels. And thus by doing that, the Holy Spirit utters things back to God through us on our behalf that words in our own human understanding can't comprehend. They are mysteries unto God, but they are building our most holy faith number three we are to pray the prayer of intercession the prayer of intercession is to stand in the gap for somebody and say jesus i'm saved my family's saved and i thank you for it but lord my neighbor steve is not saved would you save him his wife michelle is not saved would you save her their two daughters are not saved alexis and ava god save them jesus don't let eternity come until they're ready to meet you lord have mercy on them god open the eyes of their understanding that the gospel will save them lord that's intercession when was the last time you did that? When was the last time you prayed to repentance, prayed in tongues, or prayed for someone else to be saved? As if they were on the brink of hell because the Bible says without Christ, they are going to hell. Do you understand that? Your grandmother without Christ will go to hell. Doesn't matter how sweet she is. Your coworker without Christ will go to hell. Does this compel you to pray for them? Does it compel you? The prayer of faith. Everybody say the prayer of faith. If you notice that the Bible makes declarations, things that we don't see, but we believe God is able to do. In the book of uh, Psalms 23, David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. What, you saying, David, you never had a want in your life? Of course he had wants in his life, but he knew how to not let what was in his situation dictate his identity. He understood that he was a sheep, he was in the place with God, and that he was lacking no good thing, even if on the outside he had challenges and things he faced. He wasn't going to talk with stinking thinking and complain and talk about what he didn't have and what he didn't see. He said, you know what, devil, you know what, everybody around me, I declare the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He will provide for me. Before Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went into the, the fiery furnace, they said, let it be known unto you today whether or not our God saves us. He is still the king of the world. Job said, though he slay me, I still will serve him. Why? Because there's a place prepared for me with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. And whether I see all of heaven come to this earth or I have to leave this earth to go there, I know who my, I am and I know who my God is and I will declare it. The prayer of faith is getting out of your stinking thinking. Yeah, you're sick. Yeah, you're going through problems. You could pray like that. And sure, God loves to hear our cries. Oh, God, I'm going through trouble. My wife is going through trouble. My family, my job. Sure, you could pray like that. Or you could say, God, according to your words, you said by faith I could move mountains. God, you said that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Lord, you said that though they come at me one way, they're going to leave seven different ways. You said I would be the head and not the tail. I would be blessed and not cursed. I would be above and not beneath. I would be the first and not the last. It doesn't matter what I see or what valley I face. I know your rod and staff that they comfort me and you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You see, you get to the point where you believe what God said over what this world, the devil, your flesh, and what Oprah said. 
or Bill O'Reilly or whoever you listen to. I believe the report of the Lord. And then lastly, see, you got to pray like that. you got to pray like I'm preaching because I can't do it for you. It's got to come from your confession of faith. And then lastly, the prayer of thanksgiving and worship. God, I love you. I worship you. I'll serve you in good days. I'll serve you on bad days. I'll serve you when I feel you. I'll serve you when I don't feel you. I'll serve you when the crowd's with me. I'll serve you when the crowd leaves me. I'll serve you when I got a lot. I'll serve you when I don't have a lot. I'm going to praise you if I got breath. I'm going to worship you to this song. I'll worship you when there ain't a song. I'll sing in the shower. I'll sing on my knees. I'll let the neighbor think I'm crazy. I'll wake them up at 2 in the morning because everything that has breath better praise the Lord. He is worthy of praise and in everything we do we should thank him. United States belongs to you God. We thank you for the spirit of revival coming to this nation. We thank you for saving our young people and removing the spirit of violence from them. We thank you Lord for restoring marriages and bringing back your word in our schools. We proclaim a government, a nation that fears you again God. You see we thank him and praise him not because of what we see but because of who he is amen and because of what he promised Woo! come on somebody would you stand up to your feet and bless him this morning one more time band would you come we thank you Jesus we thank you God now we get to plug away somebody say plug away we're going to preach we're going to pray and what are we going to do are you glad you came to church this morning? This is what we're going to do. Just like my man was, we were dropping it like it's hot. We are going to preach and we are going to pray. And we're going to plug away till Jesus comes. I can't tell you how many times I've preached and I've seen no response. But I've plugged away. And now you're here. This church was started out of Nancy and I's apartment on Addison, a two-bedroom apartment with four people. There's more than four people here today. Because we decided to preach, pray, and plug away. Some of you have saw your family members come to this church because you preached, you prayed, and you plugged away. Parents like my mom and others here have seen your children come to the Lord because you preached and then you prayed and you just plugged away you didn't give up now let me ask you a question saints if God brought us a hundred can he bring us a hundred thousand if God saved me can he save your co-worker if God saved you can he save your sibling your mother your brother all your family can all your household be saved is God so powerless is God so powerless and weak that we have to change our message to get people to love him? What if when I came to marry Nancy, I said, well, you know, I don't really like you. I don't really like much about you. But if you change and become like this, then I'll marry you. You think that would be romantic? Why is it in church we're trying to change who Jesus is? I'm not saying we can't have fun and we can't make Jesus relevant. But the worst thing I can say to, to an adulterer, to somebody living in a, in, a mar uh, in a house and they're not married, the worst thing I can say to them is God is cool with that. Because what I'm trying to do is, is say God the way he is, he's not good enough. 
but I got to change him to make you love him. Or to say to a young person, oh, yeah, yeah, you, you know, you look at all Miley Cyrus, Lady Gaga, oh, that's okay. I mean, those are good role models. You know, Miley, she's on MTV. She's explaining it now. You know, she was twerking just to get everybody's attention. She's really a good-hearted girl. Or when we say to business people, oh, yeah, we know you work hard for that money. You shouldn't put God first and that you have to reinvest it. you got to take care of your family. When we change the message of Jesus, you know what we're doing? We're saying Jesus is not powerful enough to do it just the way he is. He doesn't need our help as his consultants, as his public image reps. What do they call those people? PR. He doesn't need a public image rep. You know what Jesus needs or what he called for us to do? To just do what he did. Preach. Say it the way he said it. Call a sin what a sin is. Tell people he loves loves them, but he hates sin. Nothing wrong with that. That's what my mom told me. Worked for me, right? Worked for you. And then what do we do? We pray. You just can't come to this church and expect this row to get filled. This row is only going to get filled if somebody will preach and then pray this week. Pray. Get their heart right with God. Intercede. Declare. That's the only way this row will get filled. Because we're not giving away free ice cream cones. We're not preaching 30-minute messages. Get you, get you here in at 10, get you out at 11 so you can get a good seat at uh, Bodinkins or wherever you go. You know what I'm saying? The Greek restaurant down here. I want to ask this church, as we move past this series, to never give up, to never give in, and to never stop. To do all the good you can for as long as you can with whatever means you can to all the people you can for as long as you can. Don't give up. Three scriptures. That's what he promised. Psalms 126.6 Altar workers, would you come please? Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. It may be hard being that farmer working in those hot, sun, sunny days, laying down that seed. But if he's faithful, one day he reaps a harvest and he comes back and he says, family, look, I got food for you. It may be hard for you to preach the gospel. You may be weeping. You may be broken. I've gotten brokenhearted so many times for this city. But you and I can't stop because one day we're going to come reaping. John 15, 5, here's the promise. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. What is Jesus? What are you? Amen. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And apart from me, you can do. Who wants to bear fruit for Jesus? Who wants to fill up a row for Jesus? Who wants to start a second campus for Jesus? Who wants to start a home Bible study for Jesus? Who wants to start a school club for Jesus? Who wants to start a Christian businessman association for Jesus? We have 8 million people in this city. Who wants to bear much fruit? Our greatest competition is not the church down the road. Our greatest competition is lost souls going to hell. That's our competition is that none would perish. Look at the last one, Galatians 6, 9. Let us not become weary in doing good. 
For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not what? If we do not what? Give up. What if your friend gives up? What are you going to do? You got to not give up. Everybody say not give up. If your friend doesn't come to church next week, what are you going to do? If you get tired reading your Bible, what are you going to do? If you witness to 10 people and they all say you're crazy, what are you going to do? If you tell your family about Jesus and they disown you, what are you going to do? What if the pastor gets caught in the fair? What are you going to do? You see, you got to make that decision. I've got to make that decision. That I'm not here for a man. I'm not here for a production. I'm not here for money, for prestige, for political reasons, for family reasons. We came to this place today for the glory of God. And I won't give up. You have to make that declaration. I won't give up. I may get weary. Tears may come down my face. I may get calluses on my hand. I may hear the devil telling me it doesn't work. I may feel like everything is against me. I might feel like I'm getting mocked by my professor, by my boss, but I won't give up. And the Bible says if we won't give up, we reap a what? A harvest. So how do you know? How do you know you're getting close to your harvest? How did Pastor Adam know that he was getting close to the harvest? Over 50 teenagers here Friday, almost double what he had during the summer. How did he know that he was getting close to seeing six souls saved this last Friday? How did he know? Because he was getting tired. He was feeling weary. He knew that if he didn't give up in the midst of being tired, that it was a sign his breakthrough was coming. How do you know that you're getting ready to win the battle when you've given everything you've got when you've rung that last bell and you're in that ring and you know that you ain't got nothing left to give who's going to show up on your behalf who is going to break through who is going to do it our God our God is going to show up so when we are weary Paul said in our weaknesses we hold on to Christ. Would you now just close your eyes and tell him whatever you need to tell him from this message. Make it personal. You've heard a lot today. Just worship him. Those of you who are in love, those who feel convicted, confess your sins. Those who want to be empowered, say, Jesus, use me. Those that are broken already for their neighbors, just start to name their names. Come on, before we do an altar call, I just want you to pray. We're going to close out with an altar call. You don't have to stay, but we're going to close out with that altar call. But right now, before you go, would you pray? Jesus, if you're not right with God, say, God, forgive me. Forgive me, Jesus. Cleanse me. Wash me. Jesus, you want to intercede? Come on, intercede. Come on, I double-dog dare a high school student to start interceding for their high school, a college student, a business owner. Come on, intercede. I will pray with you right now. God, save them. Save their business. Save their family. Save their neighborhood. Save their school. Send revival, Jesus. Send such a great awakening that people are changed forever. Stop the same old same old God some of you just need to thank him you need to worship him others need to declare declare your city saved that's why we have shirts that say Chicago for Jesus we have planted the gospel flag here 
Diversity and long belongs to Jesus. Every nation, every tribe belongs to Jesus. Thirty more seconds on your own. Thank you for your patience. Thirty more seconds. Just you praying. We're going to dismiss right after this. But thirty more seconds right now. God, we're pushing in. We're pushing in for my sister, for my brother, for my nephews and their families, God. For my neighbors. For those that I've met through these years of a pastor, all the backsliders, God. I pray for them now. Mercy, God. Mercy, Jesus. One more day, God. Give them one more day. Send forth six, seven, eight preachers, God. Complete the gospel in their lives. Say it again. Say it again. Open another door. We're not alone, Lord. Now would you hold somebody's hand next to you as a family. Just, We're going to pray for you right now that you will be blessed. Thank you again for your patience. We take these series so serious in this church. God, the person's hand that I'm holding right now. Come on, just pray this in your own words as I pray it. Lord, the person's hand I'm holding right now is the perfect person to preach the gospel to someone this week. They are the perfect person, God, to talk to their hairdresser, to talk to their neighbor. I pray you give them the words to speak. Give them the courage, God, the boldness. Because you love them. You love this world. And you wish none to perish. Only one out of ten Christians share their faith. There's two billion Christians in the world. Seven billion altogether. So that means five billion are lost. But only one out of nine share their faith. If just today every Christian would share their faith with someone that's never heard the gospel, in one day the world would be flooded with the gospel. In one day, Afghanistan, Pakistan, India, Indonesia, Malaysia, the Philippines, Thailand, Russia, Mongolia, Uzbekistan, Angolia, Nigeria, all the nations would hear the gospel if we would all share it with one person who's never heard the name of Jesus. Lord, bless us as we go. Bless our families and all we put our hands to. And let us never forget, we are the ones that you've sent out. In Jesus' name, can everybody say amen? Can you bless them one more time? Come on, hallelujah. Woo! Slap your neighbor high five and say, preach, pray, plug away. We're going to worship and pray up here. If you want to stay for the after party, come on up. Otherwise, you are dismissed. God bless you. But come on, worship band. This party ain't over yet. Woo! If you got to go, go with the grace of God. We love you. But those who need prayer, come on, for anything, let us pray at these altars for you. If you need encouragement, sickness in your body you need someone to explain what i said to you come on up 
You want to speak in other tongues? Come on up here. We'll explain it. We'll pray for you. Change the world through us, Jesus. Bless those that are leaving God. Let them go with the fire of the gospel. Use them. Stretch forth your hands to heal. Cast out demons through their ministry. One neighborhood, one block at a time, God. The seal upon my heart has a seal upon Oh Lord, do it, God. Every high school, every high school, oh Lord, set them on fire, God. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, 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 hallelujah, set her on fire, fuego, mas, mas, thank you, Lord, thank you, God, thank you, God. Set him on fire. Set him on fire. Like he's never been. Like he's never been. Oh, fresh fire. Yes, Lord. Down in his soul. For the lost. For the youth. For the youth of this nation. Yes, Lord. can do it. Only you, God. this generation, God. Those who are praying, keep praying. But those that can hear my voice, I just want the band just to keep playing and please sing in just a moment. But those who can hear my voice, listen. I was praying this week and I felt the Lord speak this word. Where is my generation of Elijah? You know when Elijah went to heaven, Elisha, his mentee, 
took his garment and smit the Jordan, and he shouted out to God. He said, where's the God of Elijah? He was basically saying, God, you were with my mentor. Will you now be with me? So he said, where's the God of Elijah? But as I was praying this week, I see God moving all over the world. And, and it's not like we can ask, where is God? No, we know He's moving. So I felt the Lord put in my heart that He's asking us, where is the generation of Elijah's? Where are the people who want to do what I've commanded them to do? And then while I was sensing that in my heart, I looked at Charisma Magazine and Reinhard Bonnke, the world-famous evangelist from Africa who's preached to three million people at one time and seen a million saved, he said, it's time for America to be saved. It's time for us to become preachers here. And I just want to share with those who can hear me right now, would you receive that call with me? the call that other men of God are hearing, the one that I heard in my heart, to be John the Baptist, Elijah's, to this generation, that we won't make excuses, that we would do what he asked us to do. If that's you right now and you can hear me, just raise up your hands and just say, God, use me like you used Elijah. Use me like you used John the Baptist. Oh, God. Use me like you used Isaiah and maybe band if you could just put those in words, uh, in a song, these words. Here I am. Send me. I will go. Here I am, Lord. Send me. I will go. Just like Isaiah said. God said, who will go for me? Who will tell this world about me? And the prophet said, here I am, God. Here I am, God. Send me. I'll go. Come on, man. Put that in a, a song so we can sing it. Yes, God, here we are, God. We will go, God. We will go. We do it because we want to. We love you. We love you. We do it willingly, God. Jesus. Come on, singer, sing it with them. I am send me and I will go Jesus here I am send me I will go come on keep singing that Come on, for our children. We want to see our children raise up to be mighty men and women of God. Some of you wonder, Joe, why do you want so many children? I want to populate this world with men and women of God. Come on, our families should shine as lights in this world. Woo! Here I am, the same. Us. Use our families. Use our jobs. Here I am. Woo. Yes, I'll go. Oh, Jesus. 
Let's sing that out today. Jesus, Jesus, come on, Jesus, thank you God, amen, Jesus, Jesus, yes God. Lift up a shout, lift up a shout unto the Lord. 